Today is Wednesday, September 13th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Will President Biden be impeached? We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe and leave a rating. You can email us if you'd like. Quick Start Podcast at CBN.org. Joining me now to get through the news of the Cray, Tregons Phillips, Billy Hallowell. Gentlemen, it's hump day. What's up? Well, you know, I'm caffeinated and contented, Here which we go. I haven't said in a while. But, <laughs> Good. Yeah. I was going to say, just so everybody knows, just even if Billy doesn't say it, he's always, always. caffeinated. Yeah, of course. Uh, you got to. You got to do it. We wouldn't want to be around Billy not caffeinated. <laughs> I, agree. I agree. I don't want to be around me not caffeinated. <laughs> we got a lot coming up on the pod today, as always. Uh, what do we have coming up on the focus story? Yeah, we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence, AI, and what Christian leaders are warning. So we'll be getting into some of that. All right. Looking forward to that. Also, country singer and Christian author Granger Smith. Incredible story there. We'll hear about that more on the main thing. So looking forward to all those and more. But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. And Speaker Kevin McCarthy announced yesterday that he's going to order House Republicans to go ahead with an impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. He said he's directing the House committee to go ahead and open a formal impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. He previously indicated there would be a full House vote for an impeachment inquiry, and as has happened in the past. But as of yesterday, he didn't appear to have the votes for one. But a floor vote could still happen. And the convicted killer who escaped from a Pennsylvania prison nearly two weeks ago is still on the run, now considered armed and extremely dangerous. He stole a rifle from a resident's garage. Actually, that resident then shot at him when he saw him trying to steal this rifle and eventually stealing the rifle. But not believed that he was hit. The man's name is Danello Cavalcante, and he was spotted earlier this week on Monday. Uh, his escape on August 31st prompted a massive manhunt involving hundreds of officers. Somehow he breached this wide perimeter that they had, and he stole a van and was on the run, and he continues to be on the run. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can read more over at cbnnews.com. Guys, I'm particularly interested in this escaped convict because he's not too far from me. I mean, I would say he's about actually now probably about an hour from me last sighting, but my my in-laws live in that area. I was actually talking to them today about it and saying, "Hey, are you guys uh, you know, ready out there just in case?" And and they're very much following it, but it's crazy. I mean, he's going to get more and more desperate as this goes on because he, he's tried to get help from old acquaintances. They're not really willing to do it. He's an illegal immigrant. He was convicted of murder in Brazil back in 2017. He fled here to America, ended up killing someone here, getting convicted for it, life in prison. And then he escaped. I don't, did you guys see the escape video? Have you watched I that saw, yet? I saw. I did not watch the video. I saw photos of it, and I thought, "Wow." He I, did you see it, Trey? No, I have not seen the video yet. I need to watch it. Yeah, well, he's. I mean, it's very short, but basically, pretty severe design flaw there. The the, the hallway going out to the outdoor area 
these two tall walls and they're pretty close together and he just does a crab walk. He puts his hands on one wall and his feet on the other wall and just goes right up, gets on the top of the roof and he gets through and he actually went through a couple barbed wire tops, which couldn't have been pleasant. But he did that and got out and then somehow breached the perimeter. I mean, this is just wild. I mean, two weeks on the run. I don't know how he's doing it, but uh, it's, it is a very dangerous situation because you would think with each passing day, he's going to get more and more desperate, which is going to lead to as soon as he sees somebody, he's going to try to steal something. You're going to have confrontations. Yeah. Well, what's he eating? Like you think about all these things, like there's no Chick-fil-A apparently. I mean, like what is he? I don't know. I just, it's so bizarre to me. And here's the scary thing too, though. It, it's crazy that design flaw that somebody else hasn't tried to do this before. Yeah. I don't know the history of that, of that area, but my goodness. Anytime there's there's a story about a manhunt or somebody escaping a prison, I, I forget that these things actually happen. I just imagine that this is like a Hollywood movie. Like this is something that's out of yeah. a TV show or something. It's not something that people actually successfully do since like Al Capone. Right. So, um, it's yeah, it's 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 crazy to, to think that this stuff actually happens and that there is the potential for somebody to be somebody who's dangerous to be really close to in proximity to where you live and where you go to church or where you work, whatever. Um yeah, it's just a crazy scenario whenever something like this actually unfolds. And I don't know, like you were saying, Billy, to like pragmatically, how do you how do you continue to be on the run no, and you, feed yourself, take care of yourself? You really realize how much I don't know, technology is at authority's disposal to find someone when you just think about what you would have to do to avoid detection. You couldn't use any right. cards you have, any any money cards or a debit card, which obviously he didn't have once he went to prison. But if somehow someone gave him those, as soon as he used them, he'd be flagged. Uh, then you go in and then your only other option is to steal stuff. Eventually you're going to get caught doing that. I mean, it's just, you really could don't have, have much. Cash? I mean, could he have cash that he's hoarded somehow? Unless, I don't know. Well, yeah, maybe from the prison. I don't know, but uh, he might've had a little bit, but he ran out of gas. That's why he ditched the van that he stole. He ran out of gas. So you know, gas these days. I mean, one of the upsides of it being expensive, these these convicted uh, escaped cons that can't get too far <laughs> with all the prices today. <laughs> so, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely pray for everyone in the area here that that this ends without any further damage done. But it's it's a weird feeling knowing there's somebody kind of on the loose in your area. But anyway, on that unsettling note, we'll just head on over to the focus story. So, what do we have today? Yeah, we are going to be talking here about artificial intelligence and this explosion of AI that we're seeing right now and just how Christians in particular, Christian leaders are, are reacting to this. So what is, what do you have here? What is kind of the trend you're seeing? So it's obviously everybody is paying attention to AI because it's shifting all of the way that things are done, the way technology operates. And it's going to have major implications regardless of how much we use technology. You know, a lot of people are out there, oh, I don't I don't use a ton of tech. It's still going to impact everybody's lives as time goes on. 
jobs. I mean, the list goes on, the ways that it could be impactful. In particular, what we did was we talked with Christian leaders, though, about what they think is important to focus on. One of those leaders was Dr. Albert Moeller. He's the president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, well-known theologian. And we had him on the 700 Club, uh, but he was talking through all of these different issues. And he, he said a couple of funny things. He just said, look, you know, the, the landscape of AI could change before I even get to the end of this sentence, <laughs> right? And he was, he was really underscoring, though, how fast this technology is growing. And on a serious note, he talked about these new moral dimensions that we're seeing around AI. He said it's a truly frightening prospect, and I don't say that about everything. What we don't know, we don't know. And this really is setting something loose in the lab. Um, he, he, in particular, was talking about the ability that, that some claim AI has to develop some sort of form of consciousness. That was something that he was mm. deeply concerned with. Yeah, and you also talked to Jeff Kinley. What did he have to say about human purpose and value? Yeah, you know, one of the other issues, right, you have the consciousness issue. And just to kind of say one more, more thing about that that I think is important, you know, human dignity. Christians are known for defending human dignity. Mm -hmm. And so humans are not machines. They're different. And we need to differentiate between the two of them. And so that is one of the dangers. And that sort of folds us into what Jeff Kinley was talking about. You know, he said, look, one of the biggest concerns he has is that that AI replaces human intelligence, right? That we're sort of moving towards this society where humanity is being pushed out in every way, human labor, human thought, human writing. Um, and he said that that AI, in some ways, it, it's sort of like putting humanity to the margins of the narrative and that that should be something that we are deeply uh, concerned about. Yeah, indeed. And what about the forces behind AI? What did, what did the experts warn? What are they warning? Yeah, I mean, one of the things here, and we've talked about this on the show when, when AI has come up, the big question is, okay, fine, AI does all these jobs for us. We put in information, we put in questions, it writes essays and scripts, and it does everything we need it to do. But the big question at the baseline of that, and this is something that Christian apologist Alex McFarland mentioned, was really the question of who is programming the AI. It all comes down to who's behind the system, right? Um, and he said a couple of really interesting things about technology in general. He's like, look, technology is amoral. It's not, you know, immoral. It's, it's there, there are no morals associated with it. Computers aren't good or bad. It's what you do with them. That's yeah. what creates the morality crisis, right? And so he said Christians need to be very concerned about AI because so much of the code and the algorithms that run the internet come from the souls and minds of Silicon Valley liberals. And I thought mm -hmm. oh, that was a really interesting point though, right? Like where, where is this, who's putting the information in? Is it a bunch of Christians down at the local church? No, it, it's not. It's people out in Silicon Valley. And so that is an important, or, or actually I think probably one of the most important parts of this discussion. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I just dabbled around with chat GPT when it first came out, you know, and I think we talked about some of the back and forths I had on like age of the earth and could there be intelligent design and things like that? And it's funny because it defaults to your point about that these secular leftists have inputted it. It defaults on, well, the scientists say, and therefore, you know, the science, the scientists are their God. And it's very evident when you're reading that. And then you, it's funny because you press it with certain questions and it'll admit, well, yeah, you're right. We actually don't know that after you finally press it. So to your point, those biases are definitely going to be in there. You know, and it's interesting. I was asked recently to speak at a local college here in my area uh, to the journalism class. And 
I was thinking about what I would talk about, what would be the most impactful thing that I could address with these young students. And I think the implications of AI and figuring out where your value is going to be as an employee in the media field in the future would probably be the best thing for them. And so I've been thinking a little bit about the things you just addressed there. And I think you're always going to have the the AI. I think it, I wouldn't fear that it's going to replace us. I think you have to learn how to use it because you said, like you said, there's going to be these biases, right? So if you're in, in using this to write scripts and things, you're still going to need to edit that. You're still going to need to check it. You can't just say, well, the AI said it. There it goes. You're going to need people to actually look at this stuff. And so there's always going to be value there, of course, for humans. Yeah. And, and on the positive side of it too, obviously, look, this technology exists. It's not going away. We can hide our heads in the sand or right. we could say, how can we use it? How can right. Christians be using this? And already we are seeing some positive uses of AI, um, the healthcare concerns out there, different ways of technology of improving healthcare. That's one area. But in the Christian realm, there are some groups that are already using AI to translate the Bible into new languages, languages that have never had scripture before. I mean, think about that. Yeah. There are ways to leverage this. And I think we're doing a disservice to everybody if as believers, we don't figure out ways to hack the system and use the system to spread the gospel. And so luckily we are seeing you know some of that. And yeah, you know, Johnny Moore, he's somebody we've talked to a lot about this. He he said he really believes America needs to sort of pause and reflect. You know, he wanted sort of a, a pause that even Elon Musk and others had asked for before moving forward. Um, but he talked about leading with our values, right? That we can lead as America with the technology, but really take the time to make sure we're doing it in a moral and ethical way. Yeah, well, I think you're right about using the tools to our advantage because they aren't going away. There are a lot of benefits there. It's just like social media. There are a lot of benefits to social media, right? Christians have been able to communicate and connect around the globe in large part because social media exists. We have a Bible app, the Version Bible app, and then others uh, has made the Bible accessible to people that might otherwise never be able to get a physical, tangible, like paper copy of scripture. Uh, so there's a lot of benefits to the, these technologies. I think my biggest concern isn't that like technology is going to someday take over and, and the robots are going to turn against us. I mm -hmm. think the biggest concern is AI is going to, as you were saying, Dan, they're, it's being run and, and the, the things that are being input into it are being put in by more progressive minded people. Uh, and the AI is eventually going to become the neutral ground, which is what we're seeing now, right? The secular belief system, that's the neutral ground. The conservatives or the Christians, they're the ones that are fringe. I think that's ultimately what is, is going to be the battle to fight is AI is going to push the you know, evolutionary the, uh, beliefs or whatever, or, or a leftist political opinion. And that's going to be taken. Well, AI says, it. So that must be the neutral, like that's the opinionless objective uh, perspective and everything else outside of that is, is, is fringe and too far right or too far left. Yeah, absolutely. Well, certainly something, of course, we've got to keep a very close eye on for all of those reasons and more. And you can check out the full video of this piece that Billy did in the description. This podcast episode will have the link there. Billy, thanks for bringing it. Thank you. All right. We are going to move over to the main thing now. Country singer and Christian author Granger Smith is releasing a new book, Like a River, about his journey through losing his son in a tragic drowning accident. He spoke with us about the trap of self-help techniques and what finally led him to the Lord as the only way to process his grief. Trey has the story on today's main thing. 
Something you write about in the book is turning to self-help products uh, and, and maybe not realizing uh, that you actually had a need for, for something greater and more profound, like, you know, actually dependence on the Lord. When was when did you notice that that, that was potentially an issue? And how did you go about turning away from that and turning to a greater source? Yeah, it was about 2017 that I first was really introduced full force to the self-help movement. And that happened when I broke some ribs on the stage, punctured a lung, was out for six weeks in recovery, stuck on Netflix watching Tony Robbins. I was like, oh, this really resonates with me. And then as that began to resonate, uh, I began to search for other things like, uh, man, maybe I should be eating more green vegetables. You know, it's like there's a lot of things that start kind of stacking up. And, and as you feel physical and, and really emotional benefits from, from those things, because there's a lot of good things in self-help, as you feel the benefits, you go, what more can I do? This is great. Let's just keep adding it. And what you're doing is really building a dependence on yourself. And that's kind of the whole point, self-help. You're helping yourself. And as you add more to that, you are increasing that dependence and relying more on yourself. But when something tragic happens, and to qualify for something tragic, we really just need to be a human because sooner or later it will. That's If we love, we will experience loss because of the love. The greater the love, the greater the loss that we're going to, we're going to experience. And so it took that for me to go, oh, there are some things in life that self-help cannot fix or make better. And so that was the catalyst that happened in 2019 when I lost my son, River. Something that I think is so cool about your story too, Granger, is that if you look at any of your social media pages or you watch any of your concerts or you go to any of your shows, you're somebody who's not afraid to talk about your faith and to talk about how you've been changed and transformed by the gospel story. And you're also not really afraid to take a stand on different theological issues and really dive into those. Where does that boldness come from? Is that something that you've always had? You've always had an interest in, in kind of speaking out on these things? Or is that something that's developed as your relationship with the Lord has deepened? Well, my, my direct answer to that, my quickest answer to that, is probably the answer that would make other people shudder. It would make other people um, a little weary of it. But here's my answer. The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And and it's it, when I say the fear of the Lord, it's not like a Halloween scary. You know, it's not like a man with a mask popping out from the bushes. It's not that kind of fear. It's it's understanding who is sovereign, who is providential, who has, as the old Sunday school song says, the whole world in his hands. When you trust that and you believe that, and there is a there is a there is a, a certain aspect of that 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 says. If, if I believe in this, why would I fear what anybody else says? Why would I fear anything from man when I have the fear of the Lord spoken positively? Uh, something that you mentioned earlier in our conversation was about how intellectually it was an easier task to write the book, but emotionally it was a really taxing thing to do, obviously, because you're kind of bearing your soul and, and sending this out where everybody can now have an inside look into that process of, of grief and sorrow and all of that. Was there something in that process that was exposed to you that maybe surprised you about your own feelings or about your own perspective of the Lord? Well, as I wrote the story, I didn't, 
I didn't exactly know where it was going or how it was unfolding, but this the book's called Like a River, and so it starts, the first chapter, it starts with uh, losing my son to drowning in my backyard when I was there with him. And so um, the, a lot of times as I was talking about writing the book, and people would say, well, you're writing a book, what's it about? And I would say, well, it's it's about losing my son. And they would say, oh, I, I heard about that. You know, I'm so sorry. And as I continued to write, I learned... Well, that's that's not really what this book is about. It's really not. I mean, that's how the, that's how it opens, and that the catalyst to it. That's how the curtain opens, really. But it's about me dying and me being reborn, and the new path that followed. And and one of the things that opened up in that rebirth was my son Maverick, who was born. And Maverick really takes over as the star of the show. Um, by the end of the book, you realize that River got the title and he gets the credit of the cover but really mattered that the star of that book and so it is so much more than this is a book about losing my son which is what i used to say all right trey thanks for that conversation there really appreciate it that's going to leave us with time for one last thing on the podcast today yeah, 2 Corinthians 4.18. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Just another reminder to be on guard and to remember what matters most. Yeah, for sure. And it's a good reminder, too, that there's no amount of physical evidence that we could see that would convince us of, of God's existence and his sovereignty, right? That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. That's the only way that we truly believe. So, yeah, keeping our priorities right and trusting the Word of God for our the foundation of our faith. Amen. All right. Good spot to leave it, as always, here on the Quick Start Podcast. We're so glad you're here with us each and every weekday morning. Don't forget to head on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news every day from a Christian perspective. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise on us. We shall see you tomorrow. God bless.